The Secret of Utopia Colony, Chapter 19, Escape. By Scott Sky. Copyright 2013 Scott Sky. Arthur, Kiyoko, and Samantha were locked up in the small room for what seemed like days. Kiyoko finally stopped crying, and then fell asleep. Arthur and Samantha couldn't sleep, so they decided to look around the room, and found there was more in the room than they had first noticed. The room looked like it had once been a storeroom of some kind, and the walls were lined with shelves. Most of the shelves were bare, but there were a few boxes left. Samantha got up to look at them. They're old, she said as she carried one of the boxes to the table. This one is filled with old tools. Look, a hammer like Goro's, she said pulling out a hammer. Made in Sri Vijaya Colony, Singapore Technologies Tool Company, and look, an old wrench of some kind. Made in Etruria Colony, Rasena Tools Company Well, you wanted a souvenir like Goro's, you take the hammer. I'm taking the wrench. I didn't want one the exact same as his, Arthur said, getting up to look in the box himself. Here see this? I'm taking this. What is it? Samantha asked, as Arthur pulled something that looked like a screwdriver from the box of old tools. I don't know, some of kind tool. Arthur answered. Look, see, made in Gadir Colony, Tartessos Tool Company give Kiyoko the hammer, she always wants everything that Goro has. I'll bet Dad knows what this is. Fine, Samantha said, taking the box back to the shelf where she had found it. I don't think we're going to find anything useful in here anyway. Hey look. An old newspaper. Look at the headline, Tar Attack Callisto. This newspaper is from before the war, the Alliance, the Commonwealth and everything. Samantha said carrying the piece of plasma back to the table. She started reading the article, Mixteca and Santa Cruz mining colonies were destroyed in an unprecedented attack, the first attack on colonies within the solar system. Our fleet engaged the aliens in orbit of Europa, as they prepared for an attack on the peaceful farming colony of Scythia. Look at the other article, Arthur cut her off, pointing at another headline. He had joined Samantha reading the article about the old war over her shoulder, but had noticed the other headline. He read it, mine closed. So the mine must have been closed before the war. The gold mine which has sustained Utopia colony for over half a century, is closed, Samantha read. Local officials say the colony will survive, its diversified economy includes an extensive ocean power facility, and kelp farms in the nearby ocean territory. Samantha looked up at Arthur, so if these people aren't mining gold, what are they doing? Maybe they found more gold, Arthur suggested. We have better technology now. But that article does explain why we didn't see any old mining machines lying around. They must have been taken out long ago. Let's take that old newspaper for Dad, he'd love it. They decided to eat their lunch and then try to figure out a way to escape. How do you think we can get out of here? Samantha asked. I don't think we can, Arthur said, until they open the door again. What if they don't? Samantha asked looking worried. Sooner or later they're going to want to know who we are, Arthur said. If we can just figure a way to get away from them then, we should be able to find our way out of these mines and back to the sub. Okay, so how do we get away from them? Samantha asked. I don't know. We need a plan. Some way of distracting them. It doesn't have to be too long. Arthur stopped talking. He was thinking. He had an idea and looked up at Samantha with a grin. Do you know what happens to crystal-like torches when they're shattered? He asked quickly. 
All the light trapped inside is suddenly released, in a bright flash. If your eyes are open at the time it'll blind you for a couple minutes. That's what happened to Goro and me when Osiral dropped his crystallite torch in his secret storeroom, you know, the day we first found out about it. So you think we should smash our torches when they come to question us? Samantha asked sarcastically. Then how do we find our way out of here? We don't need to smash them all. Arthur argued. One should be enough, and we have three. So, we wait for them to open the door, and then smash one of the crystallite torches, making sure that we all have our eyes closed. And then while they're blinded, we run past them, and back the way we came? Samantha repeated the plan. Right, Arthur said, pulling the map of the mines from his backpack. We can figure the way out now, so that when we have to run, we won't get lost. They looked at the map for a couple minutes, and then Arthur pointed to a small storage room on the map, and said, that's where we are. Look, here's the main cavern we followed down from the elevator. And here's the small passage we followed, and here's the brightly lit cavern. Then they took us down that winding passage, and look, here we are. I'm sure I can remember the way out, besides it's getting away from them that's important. After that we can find our way out, we have the map. But that woman, Abbada, she's got a cybernetic eye, Samantha remembered. Will that be blinded too? I don't know, Arthur answered. It might not. But I think it's still worth a try. Okay, Samantha agreed. It's better than doing nothing, and it might work. Let's wake up Kiyoko, and tell her the plan. Once Kiyoko understood the plan she began to feel happier. She thought that Gora must have gone to wait for them up in the forest. They all thought that. After a while they heard footsteps outside the door, and then someone slid a pass card into the lock. The kids were ready, Arthur and Kiyoko had their eyes covered with their hands, and Samantha had a crystallite torch in her hand. The door slid open and the short Tenko man and a taller human woman looked in. Samantha was glad that Abbada wasn't there. The two adults looked surprised to see the kids standing there with their hands over their eyes, but before they could say anything, Samantha threw the crystallite torch down on the ground in front of them. It sounded like glass shattering, but louder, and flashed so brightly that Arthur could see the light even through his hands. Samantha had closed her eyes as she threw the crystallite, but the flash had been so bright that she was also temporarily blinded. Arthur opened his eyes, and saw the two stunned adults outside of the door and yelled, go. He grabbed Samantha by the hand, and they ran out the door behind Kiyoko. The woman tried to grab blindly at the kids, and just missed Samantha, but they got away. Zane. Hey Zane. The Tenko man shouted. Come quickly, these kids have tricked us. Trying hard to keep his sense of direction, Arthur ran along the passage, pulling Samantha along behind him. He knew they didn't have a lot of time. If those miners didn't catch them in the mines, they'd probably go up to the sub-dock, and wait for them there. All their hearts were pounding hard and Kiyoko felt as if she couldn't breathe anymore. But soon they couldn't hear the miners' shouts anymore, and then the lit-up cavern appeared in front of them. They stopped at the end of the passage and Arthur looked around the cavern. There was nobody there, so they ran across it as fast as they could. Samantha's sight was coming back to her now. They ran into one of the passages on the other side, and stopped while Arthur checked the map to see if it was the right passage. It was, so they continued up it, and eventually reached the main cavern again. They were really excited now, they knew the elevators were up ahead. Unfortunately it took them such a long time to get to the elevators, that they began wondering if they were in the right cavern. 
They stopped again while Arthur checked the map, but then heard shouts from behind, and saw that several people carrying torches had entered the cavern behind them. Quick! Arthur yelled putting the map away again. We're in the right cavern. The elevators must be up ahead. Let's go. They ran as fast as they could, and soon the elevator shafts appeared in front of them. As they ran up to the elevators, they were glad to see that the elevator they'd come down in was still there. They ran into it, pressed the city button, and the doors slid shut. The miners were right behind them, but too far to stop the doors from closing. I wonder if the other elevators have power, Arthur panted as their elevator started moving up. I wonder if they can turn off the power to this elevator. Samantha panted. I wonder if Gora will be waiting for us at the top, Kiyoko panted. They were all short of breath after the chase. They rested on the elevator ride, because there wasn't anything else to do. But when it got to the top, they were disappointed to see that Goro wasn't there, and surprised to see how dark it was in the forest. It looks like the sun is almost down, Arthur said looking up at the dome. We'll have to leave now if we're going to get out of the channel before dark, Samantha said. We can't leave without Goro, Kiyoko argued. He could be waiting for us at the sub, Arthur said, hoping that it was true, but beginning to think that Gora might be lost in the mines. They ran through the forest. They were in a rush again, because as soon as they let the elevator door close, it started going back down. They couldn't block it open, because then Goro could never find his way out if he was still down in the mines. When they got back to the Rengil fed it became obvious that Goro wasn't there, and now Kiyoko refused to leave but Arthur and Samantha pulled her into the sub with them, and quickly piloted the sub out of the dock. There's no time to argue, Samantha said. We don't want to leave Goro here either. But we have to go get help. Finally they were safe from the miners, the miners didn't have a sub. But now the kids faced the challenge of trying to find their way through the channel, in the twilight. This time though, the channel didn't seem as scary anymore, and they quickly got through it without hitting any of the sides. The ocean also seemed calm, and they quickly found a safe current to carry them back to the shore. On the way back they talked about Goro, and what they should do. They didn't think telling their parents would help, because they didn't think their dad would believe them, and their mother was sick, and knowing Goro was lost in mines under the ocean would only make her worry herself until she was even sicker. They couldn't tell Osirile they'd taken his sub without his permission, he was sometimes as scary as the miners. In the end they decided to go tell Raven everything, and hoped she would get her friends in the mines to help. The sun was down as they approached the dock at the outpost. Like before, they were piloting the sub from the top deck above the water, so they could see if Osiril was waiting on the dock for them. But again he wasn't, so they got back to shore without any more problems.